Welcome to Recently Logged, where this week Robbie asks the question, where is this film set? context we're sitting there watching this movie <laughs> where where they explicitly oh are in italy gosh. where they say italy so many times it's not even funny and uh you know they're pinocchio italian <laughs> like five minutes before robbie says this ron perlman's like yes good italian wood italian pine <laughs> and robbie's like <laughs> <laughs> Robbie's like, where is this movie set? Well, look, at Listen, this, look at this map. What coastline is this? I saw the map and I was like, oh, I don't recognize the coastline. Wonder where this is set. And then I was like, I'm an idiot because it's obviously set in Italy. Because as I say, multiple, multiple times. Good Italian pie. <laughs> It was it was a passing thought, Micah. It was like, where is this set? Italy. It was like that in my mind. And then I was like, oh, that was kind of funny. Because <laughs> where, where's Mussolini from? <laughs> oh, gosh. But hello, guys. Hi. Uh, my name is Robbie. And I'm Micah. And together, we're going to talk about... Uh, good italian pie <laughs> i thought that was i thought that was a pretty good uh, ron perlman in this movie impression it was, no, it was. <laughs> just basically drop your voice a couple octaves that's all you have to do yeah but he's got like a booming voice that's you true. know he's, he's very boomy with it. it's true it's true love ron perlman <laughs> but yeah this time we're talking about uh guillermo del toro's pinocchio pinocchio yeah gotta love it gotta love it <laughs> Uh, let's let's tell the people what they need to know about uh, this film. Like, what, what what they don't need to know anything, Ruby. It's, it's the motion picture. What do they need to know? It's a need to know basis. <laughs> So yeah, we're talking about Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which is a 2022 picture. It is. Uh, rated PG. It's Surprisingly. Hour and 57 <laughs> minutes. I mean, there's nothing not PG in this. I mean, it's true, but it's a very, it's a very, uh, I don't know, it strikes me as a more mature movie than most other Pinocchio films. Because <laughs> as del Toro said, he wasn't going to make a kid's movie. He was going to make an animated feature. Gotta love it. Uh, but uh, it's a little IMDb description is a father's wish magically brings a wooden boy to life in Italy, giving him a chance to care for the child. That's not the good. That's not the good <laughs> description. Where's the one that's like Pinocchio is in fascist Italy? <laughs> yeah. The, the, <laughs> set during the rise of Where, yeah, Mussolini. Yeah, here we go. The, the, the letter box yeah, description. Yeah. During the rise of fascism and Mussolini's yeah. Italy, a wooden boy brought him <laughs> magically to life, struggles to live up to his father's expectations. Yeah, that's more like it. Uh, <laughs> the cast features Ewan McGregor. Yeah. David Bradley. Absolutely. Gregory Mann. Gregory Mann. Vern Gorman. Ron Perlman, yeah. John Turturro, Finn Wolfhart, Kate Blanchett, Tim Blake Nelson, Christopher Waltz, Tilda Swinton, Tom Kenny. 
Alfie Tempest. Oh my god! The, the list goes on. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of names in this. Who would have thought that it took so many people to make a movie? Well, that's just a voice a movie. That's not even a make a movie. <laughs> uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro and Mark uh, Gustafsson, I think. I don't know. I, I, haven't, I haven't looked his name. Uh, written by uh, Guillermo del Toro and Patrick McHale. Ayo. Shout out to Patrick McHale. <laughs> uh, scored by Alexandre Desplat. Yeah. Desplat. Desplat. No, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's to say that. Alexandre Desplat. There's a t. There's a t yeah, there's like a, there's like a small t. Small t. <laughs> you don't emphasize the t. <laughs> uh, edited by uh, Ken uh, Stritzman. Uh, editor of Toy Story 3, by the way. Don't know if you know that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not know that. There's <laughs> one, uh, yeah, there's one in the category I wanted to check. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought I recognized that. Uh, <laughs> cinematography by Frank Passingham, oh. which did, he did the cinematography on Kubo. Very nice. And also Chicken Run and Flushed Away, but Kubo <laughs> and the Two Strings. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's a good good work on Kubo, I will say. Good yeah. work on this too. Yeah, takes a lot of a lot of people to make a film, and this one sure did have a lot of people. Indeed. Um, but yeah, that's all you need to know. That's all you need. To that's know. it. Well, you, that's you've learned all you can ever know about. <laughs> that's it. Can't we don't watch the behind the scenes no, documentary? Don't watch it. We didn't. <laughs> we didn't watch it. We probably should have. There's, we didn't. There's no. There's no extra information that you could possibly gain that has not already been acquired. You can't even here. watch the movie because that would be learning too much extra information. <laughs> but let's let's talk about the movie. Let's do that. So, Robbie, if you could put it in in a word, in a singular word, what are your what are your summarized thoughts, and maybe even a rating, of Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio? Good. <laughs> if I can put it in a if word, if you could put it in a word, uh, if you could put it in a couple more words, <laughs> I think uh, it's a very good movie. Very good. It's a, that's a couple more words. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we've we've talked a bit on the podcast before with how much we like the work of Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. He's a very singular. One of, one of and, my all-time favorite actors yeah. or directors. I mean, he is an actor too. Yeah, is he? yeah, he's been in he's been in stuff. Was it Quantum of Solace? <laughs> yeah. Where? Yeah, he's an actor. <laughs> I don't remember him in Quantum of Solace. Okay, but he's a, he's a very singular uh, filmmaker who always seems to leave his uh, very welcome footprint on all of his projects uh, that he touches because he you know he's quite a prolific producer too. Yeah. Um. And th this is no exception. I really like uh, his style. I think it works really well with the direction they take this Pinocchio adaptation in, which is quite unusual in the realm of uh, pre-existing film adaptations of Pinocchio. All uh, hail the year of Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I mean, um, most people are more familiar with the Disney movie Pinocchio than with the, I think it's Adventures of Pinocchio or whatever the original the title original, of the book yeah, is. The book. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, I think this is a welcome, like 
change to, or I guess not change, like a new take on the Pinocchio Dis- story. Disney did a, gar- a darn good job, <laughs> if I can speak today, a darn good job of uh, taking a bunch of classic fairy tales and then making them to where people just automatically associate those <laughs> right? stories with Disney. Exactly. They watered down Alice in Wonderland. I'll never <laughs> forgive them. <laughs> I mean, like, they only barely Marginally, watered yeah. it down, man. That, that movie's already a little whack. That movie's wild. Uh, but yeah, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Would you rate it, Remy? I rated it a, uh, a 5 out of 5. Whoa. Very, very good movie. One very, of my favorites. Very good. One of my favorites from del Toro, I will say. Yeah, there you go. I'd take this over, like, a Crimson Peak, you know? Whoa. Which is saying something. Whoa, I like whoa, Crimson whoa. Peak. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know about all that, Ruby. You're getting a little spicy. <laughs> well, Micah, what did you think of Guillermo what, del Toro's what Pinocchio? What I think of Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio? I really liked Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. <laughs> I thought it was it the full title. Because <laughs> that's the name of the movie, Ruby. I know, it's just so strange. <laughs> I think Guillermo del, Toro, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is a fantastic movie. Um... I think it really lends itself to stop motion, though I understand mm-hmm. some of the complaints I've seen that it's not quite as uh, not quite as grimy as it could have been. Um, I mean, it feels I a guess. little bit it feels a little bit too controlled sometimes. Um, but uh, I really love the way he goes about telling the story. I yep. think it's really like a like a marvel that he pulls it off how he does. I almost wish it was a little longer, which it's already two hours, <laughs> right? And it barely has time to <laughs> to explore all of the different ways it takes the story and the different themes that it touches on, right? But I think it does it in such a nice and like again kind of mature esque way for for this style movie. Um, and I, I don't know, it's really beautiful. I like the music. I like the animation. I like the story. I like Kate Blanchett. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? Kate Blanchett is amazing and perfect. And uh, hello, Kate Blanchett. <laughs> hello, <laughs> if you're, if you're listening, listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan of your work in Nightmare Alley, I have to say. Big fan of your work in general. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think this is a like a really masterful take on a story that I've never been that big of a fan of. Right. I think I always thought the Disney version, which honestly is the only version I was familiar with because I never read the book, mm-hmm. um, was just kind of kind of odd. And like right. the way it goes about telling its story <laughs> and its morals are just weird. No, I never I never liked the movie as a kid. Because like everything that happens sure plays into the Disney morals that they're going for, but it also is just like really weird and simple. It's whereas this actually uses all of those different elements to actually say something and also adds in Tom Kenny's Mussolini. <laughs> so yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, I give it a four and a half out of five. Very nice, very nice. Uh, yeah, no, I mean... It's I, I'm I'm still kind of in awe of how like how much respect Guillermo del Toro has um, and Patrick McHale not Patrick wait yeah is that yeah Patrick yeah. McHale I, I always think I'm saying it wrong because I think of Joel McHale I'm like that's the wrong guy <laughs> um, but Guillermo del Toro and Patrick McHale they have a real respect for their audience and yeah it's a really great screenplay <laughs> dude the the moment i heard when i was working on uh, when i was working on my over the garden wall video when i looked and i found that he was working on this i was like 
it's about to be the greatest movie ever. And it, it maybe it was. It's definitely one of the better stop motion films we've gotten in a while. Yeah. And that's saying something because we got um, a new Henry Selleck movie this year. We yeah. got a, bu- a bunch of actually like pretty good stuff recently. Yeah, there's been like stop, there's been quite a bit of stop motion that uh-huh. I've seen recently, which is great. I love stop motion. <laughs> uh, more of that. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, this is one of the Mad better gods. ones. I, I still think <sighs> Mad God's better. Okay. Well, but, but Mad God, <laughs> Mad God is like that's kind a completely of, kind of a thing, thing on its own that took like 30 years to make and it's right. like a passion for yeah mad god is a thing of its own but yeah um but yeah pinocchio micah do you have any questions to kick us off into the wonderful conversation of ewan mcgregor's pinocchio <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah sure uh since you brought up ewan mcgregor uh, what do you think of uh him as like being the functioning framing device of the movie love him you do? I, I, well, I just love Ewan McGregor for one. I think um, I think his character is like one of the funniest and no, like yeah, his, coolest bits in this his movie. His character is great. I think it's a great use of uh, of like a the cricket mentor type character. Mm-hmm. Um, He's perfect here. And unlike Jiminy, where like Jiminy Cricket is like, oh, ho, ho, I'm actually a guiding force in your life. I love that Sebastian is just like, no, Pinocchio. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't. <laughs> and then he gets, like, comedically squished for the 14th time. Right. <laughs> and he tries to sing his... I don't know. I think he's a really great... Um, like, I think he's the best character in it to give the, like, narration exposition in the beginning and, yeah. ev- and end and everything. Um, and I think it's a good framing device to bring us in. But I also think he's just, like... They, they, they rightfully didn't give him too much attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just like a really fun side bit character exactly. with a great performance from Ewan McGregor. No, I, that, that's what I was gonna say. Like the with how like tastefully sprinkled in uh, Sebastian is as a character, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I'm like, are they gonna have like a bunch of Ewan McGregor or just like a couple scenes? But he's in there just enough that I'm like, yeah. We'll see then if they would have written it differently. I exactly. Been fine yeah, with yeah. Him being in it. No, more. he's but great. But again, like, the movie doesn't really need him to operate like mm-hmm. uh, like Disney. Pinocchio. Exactly. No, he serves a completely different purpose in this uh, movie, um, which I enjoyed. I, I really, I really like the the bit with him singing his song. It's so good. <laughs> I, I love I love Ewan McGregor and right. like again this movie. I think I think this like like him plays to like plays to the fact that like. Even more so, because Guillermo del Toro in his movies, he's he's done a little slapstick here and there. He's he's <laughs> right. done quite a bit of comedy in some of his movies, oh, yeah, even though that's sure. not what he's known for, uh, especially in like Hellboy. Yeah, something and, like Hellboy. Uh, yeah. Even Pacific Rim has quite a bit of comedy <laughs> uh, and stuff like that. He's yeah. done quite a bit of comedy, um, but it really shows like how much like how well the lightheartedness gets blended into this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and really what you like like characters like Sebastian and everything like that give you such like a like a fun like cheerful vibe in this movie even though it does like dip a little bit darker than like I think even the the Disney Pinocchio <laughs> oh, for, yeah. for how everyone's always like oh the Disney Pinocchio scarring I mean I was it, like I was never scarred it is a little it is a little, little creepy little but freaky, I was like a little freaky <laughs> I, was, uh, I, I don't know I Pleasure Island stuff never I, I never really cared for that's it that the much. only part of the movie I remember Micah that's, <laughs> that's the only part of the movie anyone remembered <laughs> it's because that's like the only like part of that movie with any real meat on yeah, it, I was you know? say, it's the only part of the movie actually doing something exactly magically uh but yeah uh sebastian love his song i think that like 
using an author to frame the story is a very interesting choice too. Um, I don't know. It, it, I like I like um, Sebastian's hubris as an author. It's very <laughs> funny, right? No, he's just like a really funny side yeah. character um, who is a great natural way to get yeah. into some of the exposition that's needed for it. Exactly. Um, but what, do you have a question, Michael? I do. Would I, like have, I have a question deep, deep inside the recesses <laughs> of my mind. While I was watching the movie, I thought of a stupid question All that right. I still want to ask. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite song? Because this favorite is a musical. Song. It Nobody is. Nobody ever musical. talks about that. I remember people going into this and being completely surprised that it was a musical because it's just like not said anywhere that this is a musical. You know, it's very interesting because I, I didn't want to bring up the fact that it is a musical because I, I know a couple people that I follow on Letterboxd were actually saying that's like the one thing that they didn't really love about it was the musical numbers. And I can I, see that. The first time around, they do feel a little they feel jarring. They, they're a little clunky, yeah. But I don't know. I listen to the soundtrack in between viewings and I'm like, there's actually a lot of really like fun and like smart stuff going on here. But like, I don't know. I don't know if it fully works as a musical. So, so I do love the music. I think it's fantastic. Where, where I think where I think it struggles is mm -hmm. not in the music itself. I think the music's yeah, great. Music I think is the fantastic. performance, all I the singing it. is really good. Yeah, the man. music's really great. The arrangement's great. <laughs> Lyricism is fun. It's a good like good music. Yeah. But I think where where it loses a lot of people is that um this entire movie is is a little like I guess almost like different territory than what a lot of people are used to. And it kind of going into a musical kind of, I think honestly hurts some of the suspension of disbelief that people have for the movie. Hmm. Um, you could and, be and, right, this, yeah. and this could be just like, this could be people could completely disagree with this. <laughs> but I think honestly, the thing that, that bothered me about the musical numbers the first time around was not that they were there, but that it kind of pulled me out for a second. And I was trying to figure out why it pulled me out for a second. Cause there are a lot of like musical numbers and, and stop motion movies. Yeah. Um, but like I think in in this particular setting, it's not something people are like prepared for thinking about. Nobody was told that it was going to be a musical. It doesn't frame itself like a musical. Yeah. Um, and then you're breaking into these like very exuberant, bubbly musical numbers. Um, yeah, because we we don't get one until after the like prologue, do we? Yeah, and the whole yeah. and the my son song. Um, is the first song we get. Yeah, and that's not really um, a number. And yeah, and I was about to yeah. say, and the editing is completely different during that. Mm -hmm. You do like the kind of montage editing, and I think that completely like like for somebody not prepared for that, that kind of like knocks you back a little bit. It did for me anyway. I was like, oh, like when it started doing like montage editing during this random song number. Well, I I think that makes sense. I think it is, now that you bring it up, I think it is a bit strange that like we go from music taking place in the like actual narrative versus when Pinocchio like comes alive and does the his whole number like it's more well, meta narrative yeah stuff. like i said it's very just, interesting it's, it's just yeah. a little jarring to, yeah. to an audience i think the first time around and i didn't have any problem with the songs on a, on a rewatch yeah um knowing that they're there and knowing what the movie is offering i really enjoyed them i think they're really good numbers um yeah but yeah what's, what's your favorite favorite number 
There's a lot of good ones, actually. I, I think, didn't my son get nominated for original song? Or maybe it was Chow Papa. I don't remember. I, I really like my son. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, um, yeah I pulled up. I pulled up yeah, I'm the, pulling up the soundtrack. The Better soundtrack. Tomorrow's is really good. I really, I honestly really like Everything is New to Me. Everything is I New think to it's Me really is fun. really fun. Yeah, his, the, little, his little tra-la-la thing. Yeah, the, synco- and... the syncopated tra-la-las with the... I love the... Um, like direction the melody goes in all of the stuff like not only the musical numbers but the score too is really fun and mysterious and playful all at the same time like it's it's good yeah i was about to say i think i think honestly Mm, it's tough my son my son or everything is new to me are honestly my favorite numbers i would go with Um, my bubblegum or everything is new to me i think (laughs) but i also really like ewan mcgregor's song yeah it's only in the better tomorrows if we're counting better tomorrows then that's that's up there too but (laughs) but no i because because my son is a really sweet song and i really like what it does melodically uh, and i like the performance but everything is new to me is just so much fun it's a lot and it's and i really like i think it's my favorite like pinocchio vocal performance oh yeah gregory Um, mann is like i don't know he's he's killing the game here honestly (laughs) like i said i looked at his other credits when we were looking at this movie (laughs) and and he was in cats yikes so he was one of the cat i mean not the cat the mouse or cockroaches in cats scary uh, which is a scary thought get him away <laughs> but hey if it got him in into the into showbiz for this uh i, I see that as a positive it's a necessary evil <laughs> necessary evil i will say though um we were a king once not a fan no. feels, it feels like a deleted and again, song and again here's and i have a reason for that i was thinking about mm-hmm. why i didn't like that song he's singing it to people but he's singing it to no one in the movie yeah the movie he is singing to absolutely no one but the entire song is framed like he's like gathering the circus people around to him i mean he's singing to spazitura no he's not he's not but like spazitura is not there like in the frame he's never singing to him i guess i don't know and and no he says specifically to several like different people like he is like it's like a call to arms song and yet the action is never following that he's singing to no one the camera always stay like that is one of the song numbers that really bothers me honestly that's the only scene that i would like cut in this movie yeah i was about to say the staging is never like a musical and i think that honestly hurts some of the musical numbers in fact one of the only ones that it is staged more like a musical is uh everything is new to me yeah um they even have like little dancing bits and the camera is very active (laughs) yeah but um we were kings once really bothers me and it's one of the only things in the movie that does really bother me and it was and i and i Mm -hmm. noticed this time around that it really is the framing the action shown on screen nothing matches up with what he's actually doing in the in the song yeah i like the song again i think it's all right it's even outside of the context of the movie it is one of the weaker numbers and the soundtrack but like i don't know it, it, it really does kind of stick out as kind of half-baked compared to the rest of no, the and I, film. And, and, I, and I honestly think that's the big problem with yeah. it. It's just like, it's, it's, it's practically stagnant yeah. in, in, as a musical number on screen. And he's doing all of these things. I mean, I don't. I, I I think the choreography and the way it's shot is fine and everything. Well, no, I'm not saying. Uh, well, the choreography. He's just kind of moving around. Like I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like the frame, everything, like the background, the actual things, the people of the circus. Everything is just like. Mm, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess, but. Yeah. No, I mean that again, that's like easily the and weakest there's even, scene in the And there's movie. even like background singing that sounds like it should be from the circus members, but yet it's not. 
Yeah, I wonder I wonder what the story is behind that song cuz like I I don't see a reason not to cut it honestly cuz like we we kind of get his motivation. I don't really see why he needs like a whole rallying song. <laughs> right. But again, the only thing that would make sense <laughs> would be that he's trying to rally the circus people yeah. to this. But they don't really matter. Like maybe right. there was something previous where like the actual members of the circus were used more maybe. or something and they cut that but kept the song. I don't know. It's it's a weird moment in the in the entire It's very thing. strange. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz Volupe is honestly like I think one of my least favorite elements of this movie and like you know he is he is a well-written character but he just kind of pops up in annoying ways i think yeah he he's he's odd because i because i like what it's going for but again Mm -hmm. and that's what i said i like it i I like it i feel this movie needed more time Mm -hmm. which again it's it's already two hours hours they weren't gonna give it more time (laughs) but the fact that like this the way they go about telling the story you need all of the different moments but it's so sprawling like there's so many different things that happen in this movie and all of them are important to what they're trying to go for yeah um that it feels often that things don't have enough time to really not not get the the story attention that they need but like the breathe like the the the, the breathing with it the kind of like make this character not just constantly doing exactly what they have to be doing and moving on um which is usually like what you want to do for a screenplay right like get, just do what they have to do um yeah but especially for like Lupe, um he can be he can be kind of grating because he's only there for just the moments there there's no breathing time with any of the performance stuff yeah um, no it's it's strange that's honestly like I, I gave this movie a five. That was really the only element holding me back was like his part in the movie. Like, yeah, because that's really the only part that I didn't like very much. Like um, all of the war stuff and the Geppetto stuff. Very good because I mean, it's really about the the three of them and Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it is quite good. I, I like it. Yeah, I was about to say it's the different influences between yeah. Geppetto, Lupe, and uh, what is his name? Do they ever say his name? I don't think they ever say his name. The Pod- Podista. The Podesta. Podesta. I don't know. I don't. I don't know Italian. <laughs> Sorry, I don't speak Italian. <laughs> <laughs> we just watched the movie. I right? know. They said it like three three times. I the know. Podesta. <laughs> Ron Perlman. <laughs> Ron Perlman. He's quite good. This is one of my favorite roles of his, honestly. But yeah, it's a, it's like, again, it explores, like, their three different influences on him. Yeah. And, and again, I really like the way they go about it. In fact, I really love how they explore the whole, like, obedience yeah the whole do what you're told yeah because again in in the disney pinocchio it's like do what you're told and then he doesn't and it's like oh no that was the reason that (laughs) all of your problems i was about to say it punishes him and uh endlessly for not obeying (laughs) everything right he's just he's completely new to the world and it punishes him so much for not obeying this this is actually a surprisingly like like i said a surprisingly layered and mature take on Pinocchio. Yeah, I was about to say, it's I think this stuff. does a really good job of exploring what, like, what obedience means, exactly. and I think that's why it really, it really plays to have, to have the fascism element. Exactly, this. yeah. Because, again, fascism is all about obedience. nothing but obedience. Yeah, exactly. Blind obedience. Blind obedience. <laughs> um, 
so having good. yeah that's like a brilliant stroke and uh, again pinocchio was always italian i don't know if that's in the book is the book does the book have fascism in it i don't know man maybe that'd be really funny if it like that's like all the book is about and then disney just kind of left it out that'd be really funny i gotta look this up now I'll talk about something um but yeah no when i first heard that it was like set during like fascist italy i was like what for pinocchio really and then like after seeing it for the first time i'm like okay that's actually like a pretty brilliant stroke like you shouldn't teach children to just obey blindly to everything you should teach them to be loving and caring for people you know and it it also illustrates in a pretty smart way how you shouldn't just aim to please people all the time um you, you okay yeah, so that is, I don't know, that is an element he added. it's very good uh, he, it, it yeah, wasn't it was, in the, the it was del toro's idea which makes sense good i idea. thought it was <laughs> yeah no um, it, it makes sense a lot with uh, the rest of his apparently films. he is quoted as saying to to describe the movie he said it was a, described as a fable about disobedience as a virtue there you go yeah no it, um, it, it's not only about obeying uh like people you love out of respect it's also about disobeying people who are doing wrong <laughs> well, yeah, yeah i was about to say it's about the idea of 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 not just obeying for obeying exactly sake, for for there being a reason behind things a reason um to, to you know listen or not listen <laughs> exactly it's quite good oh i do like i i will say i liked uh candlewick as a character a lot more yeah. than i thought i would and i was about to say that's <laughs> such a, that's such a more nuanced take than papa i have disobeyed oh. and gone with the charlatans <laughs> they were very good at conning me since i am a day old right. <laughs> well now you're going to die and waste away and oh look you have like literally he has nothing but bad influences in his life but jiminy cricket Right. And Jiminy Cricket's like, oh, come on, Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> right. Man, the Disney the Disney one in retrospect kind of sucks. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. I've, I've never liked it. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I never liked the Disney Pinocchio. And I think, no. I, like, and I think this is just a really brilliant way to take the story. And I also, which segme, segues me right into the next topic I wanted Whoa. to talk about. That's crazy. Uh, and I also really like the inclusion of of death as a theme in this yeah um because because that's not really like it's touched on obviously in the original pinocchio <laughs> um movie vaguely <laughs> but like death is a big theme in this movie yeah um i mean pinocchio dies like four times or something right. <laughs> and uh you know in the end like uh every, everyone dies yeah uh, and the whole thing that makes him a real boy i was about to say instead of instead of it being a quest for him to become some weird fleshy human right like it's so strange <laughs> the 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 answer to being a real boy is the ability to die like actually die is exactly what they, is what they present as being a real boy um, what do you, what do you think? What do you think of its take? What do you think of Tilda Swinton angels and uh, and yeah, everything to do with like the death side of everything? Um, you know, Tim Blake Nelson is kind of, kind of a legend. <laughs> Give me a freaking ace! Um, I love that one. But yeah, no death. I, I'm, it always makes me happy when I see death handled in like a nuanced way in children's media because it's something that's not really touched on a lot in art and media yeah, for and kids. It, and again if so often disney portrays death as just this kind of like scarring 
dramatic thing to right. happen uh, briefly in the beginning of the movie and to like be moved upon like like you yeah. gotta move on from that death is how disney movies often frame it yeah um which you gotta move on like in a way but like <laughs> yeah no it's i don't know it's very interesting because death is it is it does play a major role in this movie and i appreciate like the final message of like you know, like the beauty of human life and everything. It's it's nice. But what what was your question specifically? Like how? Well, just what do you think of the different elements right. relating to death? The different the inclusion of like, um, essentially the Tilda Swinton God. And, yeah, yeah. And everything. Like, what do you think of those elements? What do you think know. they add? What do you, do you? I don't know if I really have that much to say about them. I I do appreciate that they're there, but I'm not really. I don't really have much to say about it, honestly. <laughs> I'm I'm glad that they took it in the direction they did, but I'm not sure why I like well, it. Well, I think again, their theming on death plays quite a bit into their theming on on disobedience and what it means to be a human, because it also frames as fascism as being an inhuman thing. Um, mm, that's being, true. Being, yeah. Having the ability to be disobedient is part of being human, along with having the ability to die. Um, that's good so so <laughs> Pinocchio is a puppet he cannot make his own decisions and he cannot die yeah that's how he starts interesting um, yeah and he both throughout the different lessons gains the ability to disobey through coming to life and the ability to die through the two different Tilda Swinton angels <laughs> yeah um, and I really like the way that um, he essentially gets to to meditate on what it means to to die each different time that he dies, and he usually learns something different each time he dies. That's true. Um, yeah, and uh, kind of realizes that that maybe eternal life is not great. Yeah, um, no, that's but also the reasons why people might want eternal life, and like the the very different dealing with how it, like again what it means to be alive. Um, which I think is a great lessons to explore, especially in the way that they do so in um, a, a kid's story, essentially. Yeah. Uh, especially in towards the end, where it comes upon the conclusion that that it is that it is like people die. It is okay to die. Yeah. Um, and it can be tragic, but part of the beautiful stroke of life. Yeah. Part of what it means to be alive. Um, because again, we start with with Geppetto not being able to get over the fact that his son died. That's yeah. that's the whole thing. Yeah, that was about to say the whole <laughs> catalyst of the movie is um, his son dying. So it makes sense. Um, so so then, you know, Pinocchio has to has to learn to be able to live with the fact that people die. Interesting. Yeah. No, that, <laughs> I, I'll ditto that. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Again, that's not like I get, it's not a very nuanced take of anything. I just yeah, think no. I, I really appreciate the way it takes all of those elements and weaves them around the the lessons on disobedience. No, that yeah, no, that's a good reading of it. I I just hadn't <laughs> pieced that together in my brain for some reason. Because <laughs> um, again, there, I I love the way the Toro writes stories, honestly. And and you know, you can obviously Mikhail was on the screenplay too, and I think his comes in a lot of the childlike wonder that comes along mm -hmm. with this movie. I think he was his his touches are definitely all over this movie as much as Del Toro's. Yeah. Um, but I love the way Del Toro structures his stories, oftentimes, and kind of almost 
because you know you could say that story storybooks have a huge influence on del toro's writing fairy tales <laughs> you could say you could say that uh yeah um, and the way he writes is almost like he writes in like essentially uh, he writes in it, it never feels like exactly like the three act structure even though mm-hmm. they're clearly like they feel like chapters yeah he writes in very clearly defined different chapters again take something like nightmare alley has mm-hmm. very clearly defined different chapters even if yeah. they're not exactly in a three act structure or anything yeah um, I would say Pan's Labyrinth is a pretty good example. Pan's Labyrinth, yeah, does the same kind of thing. Even um, Crimson Peak, now that I think about it. No, that's just like, again, yeah. that's like, save for some of his specific movies, again, like Hellboy and, eh. and uh, uh, why did I just lose the name? Pacific Rim <laughs> oh, Pacific are Rim. kind of like outliers in, in yeah. a lot of his writing that's style. True. That's so true. They're his more like action-y movies. I'm sure Mimic and Blade 2 and stuff are kind of <laughs> kind of fall into that thing. Yeah, I can't imagine a super storybook <laughs> structure for Blade 2. Um, <laughs> but I think I think that, that really lends itself to this kind of story. I just, again, wish it had more time. Yeah. Because I think I think the way it can play around with its different chapters, like chapters on on disobedience and on fascism and on death and on all of these different things, um, and they all blend together. Michael wants neat. Michael wants the Pinocchio limited series. <laughs> no, I just need uh, the the three and a half hour Pinocchio. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> My goodness, man! Stop motion. But yeah, do you, do, you have a, do you have another question? Yeah, I wanted to ask um, another technical question. Micah, what do you think of like the art direction and general look? I, I know you mentioned earlier that some people were complaining that it's not grimy enough. And I, I, I really love the way this movie I, looks. I really love the way it looks. Um, I really like a lot of the design work. I love Pinocchio's design. I love design. the Pinocchio design, um, dude. That puppet is so cool. <laughs> I, I, I want to get one of the little figures. Yeah. Um, I love I love the uh, the angel god design. Yeah. Um, I think those are really cool. Um, very Del Toro-y. Um, very, bibli- very biblical angel e, which I think is funny. I like it. Uh, which we'll get to that a little bit later. I want to ask some <laughs> questions. Um, but I think I think where where people were getting that from is, and and I partially agree with this. In Del Toro movies, often the production design is a huge standout. It is, um, and it often brings most of the atmosphere to the film. Something um, like Crimson Peak, it's like all of the atmosphere. Yeah, um, and and like it's very engrossing typically, and yeah. honestly. Um, this movie, and I think mainly because it is stop motion, can, doesn't have quite the same ability, in my opinion. I don't ever get as engrossed in its different elements. It doesn't feel as lived in as as a lot of his movies. Interesting. I still think it looks fantastic. Um, but somehow, despite, again, stop motion usually, usually being an outlier among animated things for having that element of real feeling to it, this honestly feels just more fake than than del toro usually comes off as interesting which is the only way i could see that taken as saying like that it doesn't quite feel as like raw because you know he talked about it it, making it feel like a movie made by human hands and i don't think that always fully comes through in a lot of its looks because stop motion is such i don't know it's such a unique art form in the way it presents itself I, I think a lot of the personality and like 
character of the movie comes through a lot in its art direction and character design yeah um which i think are really great but you're right the the like general production design and the look of it i i think the lighting's really good too no, actually. the lighting's fantastic um i think the cinematography is fantastic too but you're right the environments are a bit generic at times yeah it just doesn't feel as it's not what it could be. Yeah, it doesn't feel as, like, you know, Del Toro-y. Like, yeah. every location in a Del Toro movie feels like it's, like, feels yeah. like you're practically in it, typically. <laughs> um, and this one I didn't get that from. Yeah. Um, which makes me a little sad, because, I mean, obviously I still love the designs, and I love I love the, the work and everything. Um, but stop-motion animation really is a difficult medium to work in. To, is, to cultivate yeah. the kind of Del Toro thing that he normally has and you know for what it's worth i think he did a pretty good job no yeah i think this is fantastic i honestly wish like like watching this makes me wish there was just like a a movie about like the different like like using like del toro's different like interests and mythologies and stuff to just have a bunch of amazing looking cool creepy little creatures right oh um, i need i need more of that you need some kind of cabinet I, of curiosities <laughs> i've always <laughs> i will, i've always loved del toro's monster designs so much like like take even uh i think i think she's a fate i think the fate from golden army mm. hellboy 2 yeah yeah um has a similar design she might just be a straight-up angel but i think she's a fate specifically. yeah something like that um but i just love i love his monster designs in that vein even like um um pan and uh pan's labyrinth and everything <laughs> so good pan pan also like blends with the environment of the movie really really well like and very seamlessly too yeah which you don't which get that as idea. much <laughs> yeah you don't get that as much in something like this you know even even chronos has like some really iconic imagery in it yeah kind of the backward suit micah <laughs> man chronos i love maybe I maybe love guillermo del toro. toro is just a really talented guy he is <laughs> Um, can't wait to watch the devil's backbone but it, it's interesting like the, the kind of simplistic design i, I don't want to say simplistic because it has it has character like the architecture and stuff is actually really good especially in the um like afterlife underworld no yeah yeah i love the different designs yeah and even the, the different locations around italy and everything mm -hmm. they all have different character and different feeling they and... just don't have as much texture as um i expected them to yeah i was about to say but overall, I feel like, again, and, and that's the reason I didn't give this a five, because I really, really enjoy what's here. Yeah. But again, I feel like uh, in almost everything, there's just a little element that doesn't quite bring it together to fully being like the the punchiness that I like from Del Toro. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and like I said, I I don't know. I don't I have stopped handing out uh, half stars. <laughs> so I, I try and be a little more decisive about my opinions on movies. And it's. I think this would be a good example of a four and a half because no, it is, it is it's so so very close to being a five. Um, but I mean, I, I I'm gonna give it a five. I think it's I think it's a brilliant piece of writing. Yeah. I think its animation is really pretty. I think it has great cinematography. I think it has great performances. I Honestly, think it's a, the score is one of my the favorite score parts is about fantastic. Yeah. The music is really good. But again, some of the musical elements don't work yeah, always. There's there's just a couple um, little things that kind of pick at my brain while I watch it. I'm like ah yeah, a couple of things that so pull close. me out here and yeah. there. Um, 
so what do you think what do you think of because because I, I never quite know what to make and this is this is me <laughs> you do pulling a you yeah, and not yeah. fully knowing how to dissect something <laughs> yeah um and it may just because maybe I just be because oh, well just the specific something in del toro's <laughs> yeah, body yeah. at work um and it may just be because uh he's del toro and he likes doing it <laughs> and i mean obviously it plays into his ideas of obedience and stuff which is why i made the joke about the fact that this was uh this was uh del toro's silence um <laughs> silence but what do you Great think of film. what do you think of the the biblical imagery which is biblical a which imagery. is a staple of uh del toro <laughs> movies we've got we've got the big crucifix we've got uh the the ear there's there's we've a got lot <laughs> the fish even you could technically draw from there's there's <laughs> oh a, there's a heck of a lot going on in here i forgot about i didn't even think about the jonah thing my goodness <laughs> um i don't know it's it it definitely the cross imagery with Pinocchio. It definitely makes me feel something. <laughs> Pinocchio dies for Geppetto. I was about to say we got Pinocchio sacrificing himself after literally comparing himself to Christ. And he and he's he's uh, he's sacrificing himself to where humans don't have to be lonely and alone. <laughs> I don't know. Like, is is it weird to like? I feel like it's a little reductive to just view. Like it, like well, to just view well, no, Pinocchio I, no, as a like Christ I think, figure. I think it's. I think it's what I think. What it's yeah. dragging on here, and I wanted to mention this. I think it's a really neat lesson, and I think it's cool for a religious like standpoint that it's also criticizing right hand in hand with fascism, mm -hmm. but um, religious um, like obedience. Yeah, strict religious obedience is placed hand in hand with fascism and it was yeah um and exactly st and still is today <laughs> um religion can be easily paired like as easily as anything in the world paired with any kind of oppressive government yeah um because it can any kind of religion it can, can so be easily, easily manipulated yeah. and get turned into an oppressive a way force. to to yeah. just again blindly obey to something yeah and i think this i think this movie has a really unique message no, behind yeah, it that's of, good, yeah. of of god doesn't inherently and religion does not inherently require us to just be blind obedient puppets yeah well um, i more so like religion isn't just about like yeah. obedience like that's that's not the point of religion exactly that is yeah. not the end all of it it cannot be just obedience um and again <laughs> Del Toro described it as as a as a the fable of the virtue of disobedience. Yeah, man. It's um, I mean, like I honestly, the message of like rebelling against organized religion as well as fascism is a very valuable one, especially to a child. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's a really good lesson to paint, and I'm glad they didn't again shy away from the fact that. It, <laughs> you know, religion was hand in hand with with Mussolini's fascism. Yeah, um, wild. <laughs> and I mean, it's been hand in hand with with, with a bunch so many, of, yeah, so many oppressive, oppressive governments and forces yeah. and horrible things. Um, so that it's a good, again, it's a good question to pose, especially to teach to children of like, why are you being blindly obedient to this? Yeah. What again? The the the. That's why I've made the silence comparison, because <laughs> the question that silence asks is, what does God ask from us in yeah. terms of 
you know, the ninety percent of the movie is all about is it blasphemy <laughs> to to be forced to step on a picture of Jesus? Yeah, yeah. Like, what does God ask from us in this life when it comes to obedience? No, I I see what you're saying a little more now. It's a little mystified. You're like, <laughs> you're like, it's just like silence for real. I'm like, is it? That? <laughs> It's funny. But no, I just thought that was a very interesting. Yeah. Again, this is such a layered, nuanced movie, which is really cool. Yeah, I, I will say, like, for all of its problems, which aren't very many, honestly, um, I, I can really appreciate just how, like, layered and, uh, like, there, there's a lot of care put into the themes and setting of this movie it's a it's a very well-written movie yeah and again Ravi patrick McHale is also the kind of writer to put in biblical imagery right into his stuff oh my gosh <laughs> talk about over talk about biblical imagery over the garden wall is packed with biblical references allegory and oh uh, funny stuff <laughs> I, I two two creators I absolutely love working on writing something. Kind of it's, the dream team, honestly. <laughs> right? If you if you were gonna do if if someone said to me and was like we're gonna do another Pinocchio movie, I'm like really why? And they're like you get to pick who makes it. I, I would I th- I think I would pick Patrick, Patrick McHale and Guillermo del Toro because <laughs> um, like honestly, they deal with the settings and themes and structure of this kind of story better than almost anyone I know. Yeah. And uh, and again, I, I, I think it's interesting because Guillermo del Toro, when talking about making this movie, he even said he was like, I find it so hard to make movies for like adults, like to write movies for adults anymore. Yeah. Um, because like they're never satisfied with with answers for anything. <laughs> um, whereas movies for kids and families, you can give like like a because again, this is a very this is a very del Toro way to write a story. I mean, even Pan's Labyrinth, yeah. even his most like. Like almost all of his movies Not are very child are very story like though. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. They have clear morals. They're practically fables almost every yes. time. Almost every single one of his movies um, has a very clear central message. And that's hard to that's hard to write for adults it is, oftentimes. It is and very somehow he, he pulled it off for a bunch of movies. Yeah. Um but I'm also really glad he tackled a movie that that you can you can watch with your kids. <laughs> I don't know I don't know what the age I would show this to is because you got it's a very it's a very mature movie i don't know i mean i don't know it's again i don't think it's any more mature than than most of the disney movies that people grew up it's very true i think i i mentioned in my initial review i really wish i would have grown up with this movie (laughs) instead of the disney one not that i even watched the disney one all that much no we watched it like twice as a yeah. child but i always remembered how boring it was Dude, but I know this some would people, this would have left a real mark on I know me some I think. people who put pinocchio and like i saw several like different people put pinocchio in the sight and sound thing how put bambi in there don't put pinocchio in which, there what are you which doing blew my mind because to, to memory pinocchio like it's beautiful <laughs> it's some of the most gorgeous animation it's disney great, ever put it's got great lighting um, in it man like and literally they yeah. did a bunch of different techniques and stuff that i have from an animation standpoint sure yeah but i don't know i just never thought it was that great of a movie like i'm like i said if you're going for like just beautiful disney movies go bambi <laughs> I don't know. I think Pinocchio, like, again, Pinocchio is well-known, I mean, even for, like, its water sequences and everything. Yeah, that's Being true. very painting-inspired, and yeah, um, it's got some beautiful stuff in it, but... 
<laughs> talk about know. talk about water sequences, Micah. I can't believe how much water is in this. Oh movie. my gosh, there's so much liquid in this movie. There's so much. It's it's, it's like constantly, which a del Toro staple is for it to constantly be raining. But it's like constantly <laughs> raining, or they're in the ocean, or they're in a Some, stomach. Something's always wet or sliding around. Like um, what's going on? Which is insane. I want to know how they made this. I want to watch that documentary. You know, there a lot of um. Again, I haven't seen the documentary, but a lot of modern stop motion that I've seen Kubo. Um, even too it has has quite a a few water water sequences and what a lot of uh, studios have been doing is sequencing out in 3d all of the water and then 3d printing it and doing it frame but like just switching out the models frame by frame which is a great way to do it i think it looks pretty good especially in kubo and it looks good here too but man it's, it's wild. It's so good. I can't I can't imagine trying to I, I can't imagine doing a stop motion animated movie to begin with. <laughs> but the, putting that much liquid in it is insane to yeah. me. <laughs> no, but I I think it uh... Yeah, I don't know. This movie is great. Do you have any other questions? Fantastic. Because um, I feel like we've we've t- covered a lot of the topics of yeah, it. Yeah. No. Well. I mean that that's really the main things I had opinions about. Like really, honestly, just to like summarize. I think the the score and the brilliance of the writing in this are honestly its two strongest things. Uh, maybe the art direction in there too, because it, it is really good. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's it's a really well made movie. It's a really layered and emotional and good movie. I think. Yeah, it's, I was about to say. I think, I think the way it balances its tones and its themes mm-hmm. and its childlike wonder with its more mature themes yeah. and its goofiness with its dark <laughs> and its fascism with its religion and yeah. its disobedience with obedience. It all really, really well blends works, together <laughs> into this really super cool movie that I just wish was a little longer and wish like like the slightest of changes here and there would make it like just absolutely absolutely perfect for me but it's a brilliant yeah, movie it's so good and i'm i'm really glad that we got it i know i, I hope people watch this <laughs> if I, you if you still have netflix go, go watch i know Pinocchio. well i think i think it's still playing in some theaters it is uh, um, i think a few but uh yeah i know i know netflix has gone hard on the oscar campaign for this good. But, I, but i hope i hope it wins some stuff that'd I, be cool i don't I, I haven't been keeping track of what other animated films have come out this year but it's definitely one of the strongest ones i mean i gave it a five <laughs> <laughs> yeah like something like my father's dragon was good too but it's not quite there same with windle and wild yeah actually it's interesting because <laughs> it's been a year for a lot of like creators that i really like putting out like a little weaker yeah. films like in terms of animated films a little weaker films than i normally like would be like yeah like because like um my father's dragon wasn't quite what i was hoping yeah because i mean it's still good but it's no like cartoon saloon <laughs> typical feature like I, cartoon saloons blown me out of the water with oh, like yeah. every feature i've seen from wolf walkers set a pretty um, high standard <laughs> i think <laughs> and like uh what's the other one you mentioned Oh, I mentioned Wendell and Wild. Yeah, and Wendell and Wild was not really quite as good as Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, um, no, but, not really. But it is it, again; they're very good. Like they, yeah. they always. Uh, most of the creative projects from creators I really like um, have like 
had a really nice meat to them, but not always like have been as refined as I want them to be. Time to watch Strange World with Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I will say I'm very upset because Apollo Ten and a Half is the only other five that I've given out to an animated feature this year. I think I thought that was a last year film. No, it's 2022. And I am very upset that it is not getting a nomination. Like they've disqualified yeah, it for it was, animated feature, which is so weird because it's rotoscoped. It's rotoscoped, but like I hate I animation hate has always used rotoscope, right? like for for a long, long, long time. It's it's crazy to me. Like Marcel the Shell is counting as which, an animated film. It's another it's another Netflix film. But, Apollo but, Ten and a Half. But again, Marcel the Shell is in the animated film category, <laughs> and yes, they it is, it, it, but it's a stop motion live action combination you're telling me a rotoscope doesn't get in but but marcel does that's what i'm saying i'm, I'm very upset about it <laughs> i mean i don't like apollo ten and a half nearly as much as you oh, but still so all right the last thing i want to <laughs> the last thing i want to talk about uh the last thing i want to do is uh i, I wanted to share the del toro ranking Ooh, the rankings see where this lies all right all right um I don't, I, I don't have a list put together I my, but i can I rank them. Together. so and, I, and, and again starting out i like all of these i think they're all good in some element uh but at the very bottom i've only seen eight films but the eighth would be hellboy 2 the golden army uh which i gave three stars um, it's still really fun. I still like it. I know some people, like, a lot of people seem to like it, like, more than the first Hellboy, which no, is crazy to me. No, no way. I've heard a lot of people say. What? I even saw somebody say that this was the best Del Toro movie. No. Which blew my mind. It is great. I think it's, it's a great movie, but it's not it's, it's, it's a little too popcorn-y and a little too, like, I don't know. It's just I, li- not... I like the popcorn feel to it, but it doesn't have the same sort of thematic meat that the first Hellboy yeah. does. I like, I like the production design and everything, though Abe is way worse in the first one. I don't know what they did to him. Anyway, uh, I could talk about that movie on a podcast, but uh, yeah, I really like it still. It's just not my favorite. It's still better than any given MCU thing (laughs) that we've gotten. On number seven, Pacific Rim. I really enjoyed it. Uh, It's it's one of the the best like mech monster movies, (laughs) like like kaiju size monster movies that I've seen. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I think the performances are fun. Uh, Ron Perlman is amazing in it, but it's still, again, not really my cup of tea from Del Toro. Um, I yeah. give it a three and a half. It's definitely a highlight of like mecha or kaiju movies. Right. Like it's so good. Uh, then number six, uh, Hellboy. Boo. Uh, Why would you put it this low? Mike? Which I gave a four. And again, I really like this, but I, I don't think it, I don't think it's as like, it's not as snappy as I wish it was. I don't ever get into it as much as I wish I would. Uh, but the performances are great. The practical effects are great. I love the mythos of Hellboy <laughs> so much. It's so much fun. Number five, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Yeah. Uh, which we just talked about. Yeah, we just talked about Number this. four, Kronos. Um, <laughs> I really love Kronos. Uh, I think it's a really cool take on vampires. It is. Um, it's a very a very novel movie, I think, in a lot of ways. But it yeah, works It works pretty well. It's a lot more simple than a lot of his movies. Yeah. But I think it's really fun. And it's cool to learn about. Number three, Crimson Peak. A bit of a hot take, but Crimson Peak is so freaking cool. You guys are just lame. I really love the story, film, love the performances, love the love its like as as an homage to uh, gothic literature, which I'm a big fan of. <laughs> oh, and I gave Cronus a four and a half, and I gave Crimson Peak a four and a half. Whoa! And then Nightmare Alley, Nightmare which Alley, we talked baby. about on the podcast at number two, I gave it a five. Who doesn't love Nightmare Alley? Uh, Nightmare Alley is fantastic. Yeah. And then, obviously, my favorite, if you know me, it's in my top four favorite films of all time, uh, Pan's Labyrinth. One of the best films ever made, probably. <laughs> probably. 
I mean, yeah, it's 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 really good. Um, I mean, <laughs> my ranking's a little dumb, I think, because <laughs> um, I've given four of his films fives and the other four <laughs> fours. Um, but if I had to rank them, we'll say uh, Golden Army at the bottom, which seems wrong because I like I like Golden Army, but like at the same time, yeah, like it's it's a lot weaker than a lot of the other stuff. After that, I'd probably put Kronos. Uh, and then Pacific Rim, uh, and then Crimson Peak, which all, as I said, all of those I've given four stars. <laughs> I don't know. I wish I liked Kronos a bit more than I do. Um, I, I think I would enjoy it a bit more on a rewatch probably. Uh, and then of the five stars that I've handed out, it would probably be, <sighs> that's really tough. Nightmare Alley and Pinocchio are like on the same level to me, I think just about. And Pan's Labyrinth is the greatest <laughs> film of all time. So I think it would probably be... We'll say Pinocchio lower and then Nightmare Alley, then Hellboy, and then Pan's Labyrinth. Um, which, you know, if if that's a, a director's lineup like that, <laughs> that, is, that is darn good stuff. <laughs> he's a great, he's a, such a great I director. Love him. But yeah, seems like a cool guy. That is, that is, uh, <laughs> that is Pinocchio. That is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. That's where, that's where it lies. Very good movie. Go Very watch good. it. Yeah, go watch it, dude. Uh, but yeah, let's let's talk a, a little briefly about what we watched over the week and move into our next segment. Let's do it. So for those of you who have never made it this far, are new to the podcast, or uh, I think those are the only two options. <laughs> those are the only options. <laughs> what, the What We Watch segment <laughs> is a little thing we do at the end, um, where we talk about all the other films that we've watched since our last episode. Yes, indeed. Give brief thoughts, brief ratings, and just in general, be brief. <laughs> <laughs> the whole point is to be brief. You guys don't have to actually gain anything from this. We're just trying to get through it as fast as we can. Yeah, we will. <laughs> we want to talk about films and have fun. Uh, we're going from the fifth, the fifth. Um, which on the fifth, uh, I watched uh, Dog Day Afternoon. Dog Day Afternoon. Uh, Sidney Lumint. Um, Great director. <laughs> director of 12 Angry Men and uh, with an Al Pacino film. Kind of uh, love Al Pacino. I had no idea what it was about going into it. Uh, it kind of blew my mind, especially for how early on it was made. Uh, I really loved it. I loved the direction. The performances are great. Um, <laughs> it's a really fun film to be in. Nice. Um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing it. A little, a little nerve wracking. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a really neat film, and I, I, I don't know. I really loved it. I think it's, it's practically perfect in every way. Dog Day Afternoon. Uh, baby. I gave it a five out of five. I would hope so. If you think it's practically perfect. <laughs> On the fifth, I also watched a Christmas mystery. I caught, um, like, a scene or two from this, Which was unmemorable, and I don't really want to think about it. It had that one actress from that one Disney show in it, and she was actually quite good. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The sister from that one show. Yes! I don't remember which show. <laughs> Isn't it. she in Liv and Maddie? Is it? Li yeah, 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 yeah. She's the sister in Liv and Maddie. And it also had uh, <laughs> the guy who plays What's-His-Face uh, in <laughs> Gotham, which I thought was funny. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> You're not going to say their names. Uh, oh, their <laughs> names are Drew Powell and Lauren Lindsay. Yes. Uh, but I give it a two and a half. <laughs> then what did we watch, Remy? Uh, then we sat down and we watched Goodfellas. Martin Scorsese. This is my first time seeing it. This was my second time seeing it. It's a very, very long movie. Very good movie. <laughs> it's a fantastic movie. Um, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's... It's great. <laughs> I don't know what, what, honest, it, what honestly, is there to say about honestly, it. Honestly, yeah. I think it worked for me. Like, I gave it a five both times, but yeah. I think it worked for me a little bit better on a rewatch thematically and, like, getting, like, emotional from it and everything. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people, uh, like Robbie said, his, his experience was similar to mine where he finished it. And you're like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good movie. It's a, it's really a fantastic movie. movie. But it's like, you know, it's a good fellas. <laughs> uh, but I think I actually got a lot more into it on a rewatch. It's a very... It's a very strange movie to be based on a true story with how like effortless, uh, effortlessly cinematic it is. Um, I don't know. It's it's very strange. Very good too. <laughs> um, not my favorite Scorsese, but not definitely one of the better Scorsese, ones. But yeah, um, loved it. I gave it a five. Uh, then also on the sixth, I watched Christmas with You. <laughs> Um, which was oh, yeah. Freddie Prince Jr.'s Return to the Silver Screen. Love that guy. And unfortunately, by silver screen, I mean Netflix. <laughs> um, <laughs> the movie was not particularly that great, but it was really sweet seeing him acting again. I've always really been a, a big Freddie Prince Jr. fan. And the movie is very sweet towards him. Like, like his character is written like, in a very sweet way for yeah. this being like his first time acting in like a decade. Yeah, no, I saw all but like the first five minutes of this. I wasn't really paying that close of attention, but... But it was a really sweet return for but him. What's really as an funny actor. about this movie is it's the most laughable portrayal of the music industry ever. <laughs> right. Especially when she's one like when she she literally has like five platinum albums sitting in her office, a bun along with a bunch of gold albums, and the label right. is treating her like she had like a like she's a one hit wonder and put mm -hmm. out has only put out one album or something. <laughs> it's wild, absolutely. It's wild. really funny. Uh, I gave it a three out of five. Yeah, no, it's a sweet film. Uh, then we watched Pinocchio for the first time. Well, I oh, watched. Oh, oh, watched sorry. A, watched a lovely little ditty in between that. <laughs> oh man. Um, Giving a, giving a quick shout out to, on the 7th, I watched Aqua Teen Forever Plantasm, which, uh, for those who do not know, uh, I watched through uh, the entire Aqua Teen Hunger Force series, and it was it was pretty fun. I, I consider myself like a mild fan of it, um, so I wanted to watch the new movie. I bought the Blu-ray, and I watched it, and it was fun. It was fine. Um, it was honestly much better than I expected it to be. <laughs> um, I was kind of expecting it to just be like kind of a throwaway uh you know like just reboot of the show for no reason but it was actually a really fun way to add on to the like canon and legacy of the show it was it was cool um it was kind of dumb though like i i don't know <laughs> um what it, it, people don't care what i have to say about aqua <laughs> teen forever plantasm uh i gave it a three out of five <laughs> Uh, but then we watched then Guillermo we watched Guillermo Guillermo Guillermo, which we just talked about much better than Plantasm, um, I will say. Oh yeah, I didn't log that. Yeah, uh, we watched short. Yeah, I, but we'll give it, it's, we'll give a it's shout out to it. Yeah, uh, we watched Mickey Saves Christmas. Which it's is done a, by the same studio as Pinocchio. <laughs> it's done by Stupid Buddy Studios. Um, which, if you don't know, it's the studio that does Robot Chicken. Yeah, and they, they did, did. They did Pinocchio. They did a bunch of Robot Chicken, and they stuff. did uh, this. So I think that's funny. Wait, which are you? Are you sure it's the same one? I was pretty sure. 
Um, it's not in their credits. I mean, these, I thought a similar. I thought one of the studios that worked. Yeah, on no, there, it is one of the Robot Chicken studios that worked on oh, Pinocchio, but it's not. It's not studios. Stupid Buddy Studios. Stupid Darn. Buddy Studios only worked on a certain era of Robot Chicken. Okay, um, well, I still appreciate the fact that there's a Robot Chicken crossover, <laughs> and it's between Pinocchio and right and Mickey saves Robot Christmas. Chicken and Mickey saves Christmas. Which you know, it was cute. It was pretty boring though. Yeah, it was kind of boring, but I appreciated the animation. Yeah. It was novel, I, sh- I should say. Uh, then on the 10th, uh, I watched Veronica Voss. Nice. Um, which I had recently picked up the BRD trilogy uh, criterion. Very nice. I uh, used nice. Uh, for a very good <laughs> I price. would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it was it was like forty bucks for the trilogy, which was cool. great, great stuff. Um, and I had never seen any of uh, Rainer Warner Fastbinder yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, but I was very interested to check it out. I had heard good things about the movies that were in like this trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I watched uh, the one that looked most interesting to me, Veronica Voss, and it was fantastic. It was hey. one of the most gorgeous looking movies I've ever seen. Uh, the story was really engaging. It was really like. It's not too terribly long, but like surprisingly for how the story goes about telling itself in a very atmospheric kind of way. Interesting. It was very gripping to watch. Good. Um, That's a good thing. <laughs> and yeah, I really like the performances were great. Um, I really loved it. I love the way it looks. They they layer on the film <laughs> grain for this thing, man. It's got so much grain and it looks beautiful. Like li- literally, very I would nice. call this one of the most beautiful and well shot movies I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it, dude. Um, See, you showed me a scene from it afterwards. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> but uh, I gave it a four and a half out of five. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, then what did we watch? Later on the 10th, we watched the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Which was, which was, it was fine. fine. It, was, it was fun. It was sweet. There's not much to say about it. Um, I I like... It doesn't look very good. It, it doesn't. The cinematography <laughs> and lighting and everything are not great, um, but the character writing and comedy and uh, everything, I, I don't know, it has a real nice yeah, sense was, of character. I was about to say, honestly, I really appreciate it for one thing and one thing alone, if anything, mm. is that it gives Mantis and Drax some time to not just have like one-liner bits yeah they actually are like focused on and they're still they're still goofy and comedic relief yeah but they actually feel like they have somewhat of characters in this exactly no i really like um how mantis is written in this um and drax too like it's a they're such a fun pair to do like their own little side plot with and i i think it's yeah it's pretty great for what it is but it never really clicks like it doesn't feel like the way i think it should it doesn't feel real yeah it doesn't it feels very fake yeah and i think that's partially just due to a lower budget Um, yeah but and some weird it's weirdly looks kind of strangely paced yeah i don't know there were a couple things holding it back for me so it i I think it's good but not great i give it a a three out of five i give it a three out of five hey nice then on the 11th what did we watch remy we watched uh josh and benny safty's good time heck yeah uh, Very this good. Was, movie. This was a rewatch for me. I'd been wanting to. I'd really been itching to rewatch it and wanting to show it to Robbie. It's so good. Um, I knew he would. I knew he would like it. Mike is uh, like, oh, I knew. <laughs> the, the after hours uh, poster reference. Heck yeah, dude. I, I don't know, man. It's I love movies like this that are like very quiet. And like I don't know, it's not a, it's not like a quiet movie, but it is a quiet movie. <laughs> if you if you get what I'm saying. 
Uh, I, I really loved this movie the first time, and I loved it even more in a second time around. I really enjoyed learning more about the production and everything and how they went about it. Mm-hmm. Um, R.I.P. Robert Pattinson's hair. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I guarantee it's never recovered. <laughs> um, wow. But... Uh, no, I just I think it's I think it's a fantastic film. I think it's really engrossing. I love the way the Safdie brothers direct and shoot. Um, uh, I think Benny Safdie is giving a fantastic performance He's in really this. Really good here. This like, is my favorite what? Robert Pattinson performance too. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting the way the story goes about. I still understand the idea, like the complaint, and it was my biggest complaint with it for the first time, but it didn't really. It wasn't as big of a complaint for me the second time around of it not really feeling like it earns its emotional core as much as it should, which I still agree that, like, it could have had... I wish it had more with Benny. Yeah, yeah. Um, But for what it's doing and what it's going for, again, that's part of of the point is that he's taking the attention away from him um, story-wise, but... Still, I really loved it. It's a great movie, dude. Um, I was kind of, like, pleasantly surprised at how smart and layered it is about like its themes and everything it's it's very it's very good (laughs) dude that last that last scene never so far has never not made me like absolutely just like ball (laughs) dude i was i was crying i was shed the tear too uh i give it a five out of five which i did not expect from good time like i don't know i had never seen a safety brothers movie before and it was quite good i i also gave it a five out of five uh then on the 11th we also watched the muppets christmas carol heck yeah uh, we which did. had been a while since we watched it but we got to wrap it up so i'm going to talk about this very briefly <laughs> it's very good i like the song it's so good i do agree that michael kane never really sells it for me for scrooge that really? much i do not think he's that intimidating in the beginning of the film he's not as harsh as he needs to I be mean, i don't know i don't i don't feel like he really needed to be anymore i do harsh. he does not feel like scrooge <laughs> in the beginning of this i like his performances like later on yeah, I, I, he never sells it to me as Scrooge in the huh. beginning. Um, I mean, it works for me. I don't know. <laughs> but I love, I love the Muppets. I love yeah. the songs. I love the way. I think this is one of the best instances of blending the human Muppet world stuff in one of the storytelling. Oh things. yeah, I love it. It's great. Um, it's, I give it it's so much fun. I give it a four out of five. I wish they would do more of these. Yeah, right. We need, we need more like movie movies with the Muppets in them. You know. <laughs> But yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, then we watched Pinocchio again, but again, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta leave the studio. We're already a day uh, late on the podcast. So thank you guys for listening. Sorry, it's late. I've been super busy. We're still busy. Uh, right. Love you all. Merry Christmas. Watch some good movies. Watch Go watch movies. Good Time. It has a Santa in it, so it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> it technically, is Goodfellas <laughs> also has Christmas. Uh, so yeah, go watch Good Time. And and go watch Pinocchio. Their Christmas movies. Go watch Pinocchio. Yes. And have a good life. Indeed. We'll Bye. see you next time. <laughs>